Welcome to This Week in Worcester.com Radio on Unity Radio 102.9 FM, Worcester's Community Connection. I am here with a special guest to rescue me from hosting this show, <laughs> Alan, hello, Gre- hello. Alan Greenman from uh, ERA Key Real Estate, also a contributor from time to time on This Week in Worcester.com. Uh, we start our show with the top five things of the day to know in Worcester. I wanted to include you in that and feel free to... Uh, to, to kick in any insight as, as you see fit. Awesome. I'm very excited to be here. People have always told me I have a uh, face made for radio. So y- you and me both, It's brother. a perfect uh, combination. Yeah, they're not going to put us on TV, so this is what we get. <laughs> um, the first thing on the top five today, uh, fishing clinic at Green Hill Pond, the Mass Wildlife and City of Worcester DPW, and Parks and, Rec- Parks and Recreation Division uh, is hosting a beginner's fish family fishing clinic at Green Hill Park Pond on July 26 from 6 to 8. It's 5 bucks a person. All equipment and bait will be provided. It sounds like a fun thing to do for some families. Uh, number two, Summer Bash on the Grid is tomorrow at the Beer Garden. Uh, features live music from the Worcester Jazz Collect- Collective, Undeclared, Shepherds, Noble Dust, Bandicoot, Phil Cambra, the Space Cadets, and Meadows Brothers, there's 36 beers on tap, which sounds like a lot of fun, a full dining menu, outdoor terrace, and uh, beer pong and giant chenga. I don't know what giant chenga is, but... Really, really big chenga blocks. That makes sense. It's like a person-sized tower. It's awesome. Really? Oh, yeah. I have never seen it. It's tons of fun. Um, Let's make number three real positive. The uh, first, West Nile virus positive sample has been collected in Massachusetts. It was collected in Boston. Uh, the the uh, Department of Public Health says there's no elevated risk level changes, but uh, it has been found, as it is every year. Uh, the Hanover Theater's Jazz at Sunset to feature indie soul band uh, Dwight and Nicole. And Dwight and Nicole, pardon me. Uh, that'll be at the Hanover Theater tonight. Uh, there'll be food trucks and cash bar, and uh, there, the egg roll lady, the the ever popular egg roll lady in Fish Shack in West Boylston Street, is uh, hosting a, and I'm gonna butcher it, a bang so pop up, uh, Saturday, July 13th. Um, it it literally translates to sizzling pancake. It is a fried pancake made of rice flour. Of, of rice flour, water, and turmeric powder, available 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. tomorrow. Sounds yummy. They are delicious. It, it's I have yet to be there, but I I, I drive been told. past her place like almost every day, and I have yet to pop in for lunch. But uh, it is definitely on my bucket list of new restaurants to try in Worcester. It is uh, gaining a large following word oh, of yeah. mouth wise. Oh, people love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I will point out also. With the uh, the West Nile, it is another great reason to move to Worcester versus Boston because we don't have West Nile in Worcester. <laughs> so another reason our property value is going to continue to go up is no West Nile. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good reason. Oh, yeah. Um, and a couple other things on the site currently. A uh, um, couple missing persons cases have been closed recently with positive results. However, uh, Alicia Rosario, 17-year-old from Worcester, has some connections to Salem, Mass, is, is still missing. Uh, please pop on the site, see her see her picture, keep your eyes open. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, uh, something we haven't re- reported on as of, of yet, but uh, you sent me some pictures this morning. Of I did. My, do- my trip to Starbucks in the morning was a little, little delayed. Uh, new Starbucks on Park Ave. Uh, uh, unfortunately, a motorist uh, was likely injured. There was a uh, new, I assume, white Acura MDX that crashed into Chipotle this morning. They were apparently really eager to get some Chipotle this morning. Uh, took out a telephone uh, pole uh, traffic light and went right over the median into the outdoor dining area. Hopefully nobody was injured, but uh, held up traffic quite a bit. Were you... Uh were you caffeine fiending? I was absolutely caffeine fiending. My <laughs> morning doesn't start until I've had my four shot latte because yeah. I am a maniac. Yeah, that's 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 my style. Oh yeah. Um, a couple I'm not of... vibrating. I haven't had enough coffee. <laughs> uh, um, and of course, there was the uh, the groundbreaking of Polar Park yesterday, which drew quite quite a crowd to see people stick shovels into the ground. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
a couple other stories on the on the homepage currently. Uh, a woman uh, two nights ago apparently stepped out of or or uh, either, apparently stepped out of uh, a car on the uh, westbound side of uh, Route 84. Uh, exactly what the circumstances are are being investigated by state police, uh, but she was transported to Harrington Hospital by a passerby. So thumbs up to Literally that passerby. Jumped out of the car. Uh, that's what's being investigated. I don't know if she was potentially helped. Ejected from the car. Yeah, helped out of the car yep. or chose to leave the car yep. when it was moving. It's uh, when your Uber ride is going bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, as far as I know, there hasn't been any uh, other updates from state police on that, but that's uh, was a was an eye-catching story that um, somebody would either help themselves out of the car, or be helped out of a car when it's moving down 84. Uh, not good. Mm-hmm. Not good. Um. So you, at one time, it's been it's been a while, but we're writing a, a column for us on uh, poorly. On, I don't know if it was poorly. <laughs> I, I think that's mediocre at best. <laughs> that's uh, the, the rare occasion that I write something. Now that's poorly. No. Um, but uh, I mean, can you just tell us a little bit about what what you were covering when you wrote your? I uh, yes, I was covering my only knowledge area, uh, real estate, and I was writing about uh, the uh, real estate market in Worcester, uh, central Massachusetts, mostly focusing on Worcester. Single-family homes, condos, multis, and just generally the market, how it's uh, how it's doing, and it is doing really quite well. The inventory in the marketplace is low. The buyer demand is very high. Interest rates are very competitive. Uh, we're seeing people with under 4% interest rates, which is great. And so I was plugging away with that, and then I unfortunately... I uh, had a little case of heart failure, which is always exciting when you're 38 years old. A little case. little case. Yeah, having a little case of heart failure is like having a minor fall off a skyscraper. Uh, so basically, over the winter, I was just kind of running out of steam. I was tired all the time and just thought I was out of shape. Uh, eventually, just decided to get it checked out, went to the doctors, and... They imaged my heart and told me I had a lot of uh, a lot of problems in there, a lot of uh, fibrosis, a lot of scarring, and you know, left and right ventricles were essentially burned out, and uh, that was a big problem. So my <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd say so. <laughs> a little bit of a problem when you know your heart doesn't work. Kind of need it. So my focus for the last few months has been to, uh, I don't know, not die. And um, <laughs> I've been getting exceptional care by uh, the uh, Worcester Cardiology Associates at St. Vincent's, uh, heart failure team at Mass General Hospital, and they've got me on a whole giant cocktail of medication. I wound up not having to have massive cardiac surgery, which was great. Uh, and the medication seems to be working. I'm, you know, upright and ambulatory and all of that. So I actually feel pretty good uh, about six months later. That, uh, I'm sure, as you said, you're a young guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was interesting news it was very surprising news no so it didn't have anything to do with my you know slightly schleppy lifestyle uh there was no uh what do you call it are like arterial sclerosis or any kind of uh blockages no thickening of my arteries like i no heart disease no like um no cholesterol. I've never had bad cholesterol. I've never mm-hmm. had any, you know, uh, issues dietary-wise or anything like that. So it was nothing related to that. I was like, I asked, is this something that I did to myself? And they were like, no, this is genetic and hereditary and, you know, you got the short end of the straw in the gene pool. And I was like, well, damn, that's, that's too bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very relieved to find out that neither of my sons have it, uh, which is nice. And, uh, but yeah, I have a pretty shoddy mitral valve and aortic valve and, uh, some serious damage to my heart, but they, doctors are remedying it. And my big focus right now, which is probably why I haven't seen any real estate articles as of late has been just, uh, my work at ERA key, uh, which I love and also, uh, spending time with my beloved family and, uh, focusing on maintaining my health. It requires 
some more rest than I had previously had in my life. Basically, it was just going nonstop, doing a right. lot of work in the community, uh, nonprofits, etc., and uh, and then also selling houses. And um, you know, some things had to give in order to have the time to get better. And uh, I'm sure that's being your your the appropriate time of rest is being mandated by the boss. Mm. Absolutely. No, she's my wife has been extremely supportive, so I'm very grateful. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and so you uh, at ERA Key, you are you sell, but you're also in charge of training. I right? am the manager of the Worcester office, so that includes everything from kind of the strategic planning and development of the office, uh, recruiting, coaching and training, uh, developing and mentoring agents. Uh, which I love. It is something that I started doing at Coldwell Banker, uh, which is where I started my career. Went through their management training program and was working with some new agents over there. And I really, really find a great amount of uh, fulfillment in seeing people succeed, helping them kind of assert best practices, professionalism, and all of that, develop themselves as a professional real estate agent, as a realtor, and uh, and succeed. And there's uh, plenty for everyone. So, uh, you know, it's, a, uh, it's an incredible business. It's an incredible career. And, uh, and we're lucky to be in a uh, very, very good marketplace. Central Massachusetts, Worcester in particular, is booming. And in that, uh, we're really lucky to have across the spectrum a lot of terrific brokerages, a lot of terrific agents who are doing a really good job uh, with the public. So uh, I, I fancy myself as, as somewhat of a marketing person. And what is, uh, you know, I know, though I know very little about real estate. And uh, the the thing that strikes me is the biggest challenge is you have a customer, you might have them once, maybe twice in their mm -hmm, lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, referrals and whatnot, I mean, generating business. I try and find incredibly fertile people <laughs> who uh, have multiple children and thus need bigger houses every two or three years. It's like a built-in annuity. <laughs> you know, Irish Roman Catholics who have seven children are few and far between these days, but I make sure to find uh, as many as I can. <laughs> So, um, so is that inaccurate then that, that, you mean, you have a, have a, a client that, you know, maybe twice is, I've been very lucky and some of my, uh, colleagues, uh, in the realtor community have been very lucky to have, um, clients who have done multiple homes or multiple projects with us, but it, generally speaking, it's a onesie twosie type of thing, right. and uh, so consequently, you really do have to understand marketing and your development of your network, and and a lot of it is networking. Kind of the if you look at the old adage from uh, Glengarry Glen Ross, uh, the greatest always, sales movie ever. Yeah, created. absolutely. But always be closing. In real estate, it's always be prospecting. It's right. always be networking and increasing increasing your sphere and increasing your uh, brand, your your image, your you know network. So um, that is a a job in and of itself. And then, let alone the actual aspect of the uh, the details of the transaction and everything else that goes along with actually it. Servicing actually servicing actually servicing a client properly and. Uh, it's, you know, the, the old, the, the, I kind of liken it to looking like a duck, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because you really want to, for your clients, have a, a very calm, uh, sense throughout the, uh, transaction. I had some closings yesterday and, uh, and the clients were, you know, happy and they, uh, there were a couple of rough patches, but outside of that, they were. They thought it was very smooth, and the reason they thought it was very smooth is because myself and the co-broker basically fixed everything on the back end that came up. 
uh, and didn't let things become an issue. And that's really why people hire us is, A, the marketing aspect, the professional knowledge and all of that, but B, to make the transaction as smooth as possible. And uh, if we have done that well, then we have done our job well and we have a client for life. And uh, and hopefully they're very fertile. And hopefully they're very fertile. <laughs> uh, or they their kids get to be seven feet tall or, you know, whatever. Um, right. You know, but I'd love to see everybody stay in their, you know, their forever home for as long as possible. But uh, it's just not feasible these days. Yeah, and if, if they don't, then, well... You'll, that's a that's a tragedy you'll have to deal with. Absolutely, <laughs> awesome. Let's uh, take a quick break, and we will uh, we will come right back with, on this week in Worcester dot com radio on Unity Radio one hundred two point nine FM, Worcester. Worcester's Community Connection. We'll have two home games in June. Saturday, June first, the Pirates meet the New York Streets, and Saturday, June twenty second, the Pirates will honor all those who serve and volunteer at Heroes Night when they host the Columbus Lions. Both games start at seven p.m. More information on the Pirates is available at 508-452-6277 or by logging on to MassPiratesFootball.com. And welcome back to ThisWeekInWorcester.com radio on Unity Radio 102.9 FM, Worcester's Community Connection. You can call in at 508-754. I forgot. No, 754. Where did I get that? 508-471-5265. Here with uh, Alan Greenman from ERA Key Realty, teaching us some things about a business I know nothing about. Um, So since since you were promptly notified that your ticker was a little a little defective. Janky. (laughs) Janky. (laughs) Janky heart. How's that affected? Uh, how's that affected your 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 business life? I've Just a had little to, bit less of it. Well, I have consciously uh, scaled back quite a bit yeah. because of management. It is uh, really my primary focus, and the work I do at Eureka is uh, paramount. So the uh, the sales aspect of my business really is. Friends and family. Gotcha. Uh, referrals only. I don't do much advertising anymore. I don't do really any kind of development. Um, I'm just, I'm still out there towing the pond, but uh, I'm not anywhere near as active as I once was. And that is largely due to the fact that I am quite busy with management. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still am able to sell probably 10, 12 houses a year, maybe 15 without breaking my back. Mm-hmm. But there's no way I can do 25, 30, 35, whatever it was. Um, it just is not possible. Right. So, But the... Uh, I find that being a selling manager allows me to still have a, a real pulse of the market, a real insight into what the agents are going through, what they see on a daily basis, and also to uh, make myself uh, more effective to help them with uh, the obstacles that they're going to encounter. And they always get the fun stuff. They always, you know, all the new agents always wind up with, uh, the, you know, the fun impediments in a transaction that right. they, you know, encounter, be it a title issue or somebody who, you know, just kind of flakes out right in the middle and you got to fix it. And, you know, or uh, there's 50 different things that can go wrong. I'm sure, right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When you're dealing with people and it's uh, the biggest transaction of, you know, potentially their lives and also at the same time something that is innately stressful uh it's a uh it's something where you really have to keep your finger on the pulse of the of the you know transaction and coordinate it correctly but um i think we do a very good job with that and uh our reputation is one of people who do a very good job with it we have been ranked uh top place to work by the boston globe i believe since 2015 and ERA Key itself has won multiple awards for uh, its commitment to excellence and service uh, towards its clients and also towards its employees and uh, its agents. Uh, 
we are a very agent-centric company. So uh, the dedication is really there to ensure that uh, people have the best opportunity of success and support. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I am there. Gotcha. Um, explain for maybe I'm in the minority not knowing this, but uh, I mean, I generally get the difference in what an agent would do and what a broker would do in mm -hmm. a general sense. But how does that break down specifically with real estate? It's obviously it's different licenses, right? So a broker, somebody would go out and get a broker's license uh, to open their own shop. Gotcha. Or uh, to just achieve a kind of a higher level of understanding. Uh, but really the, the distinction the distinction of um, a agent between a broker is uh, usually uh, bonding, insurance, et cetera, and uh, the ability to do a transaction without a firm, uh, if need be. Uh, you have a lot of independent brokers in our area mm -hmm. who are either operate out of a kitchen or a small office or whatever, and then you have a lot of uh, people who are tied into a real estate brokerage for uh, support as an agent. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that has, has that become, uh, I, I know that loan officer type stuff mm -hmm. has become very much more regulated in the last, since 2008, right? Oh, yes. Uh, did that affect what you do in real estate? Or was, mm. was there a re-regulation at all there? The um, it certainly has provided us with more opportunity for uh, discourse with the uh, the public, allowing us to uh, educate people as to the pitfalls of uh, things they could encounter uh, in a mortgage. But quite frankly, the uh, the um, the banking regulations that were put forth have really quelled and uh, and actually gotten rid of uh, the bad lending, the mm -hmm. you know no income verification, right. you got a pulse, you got a loan type of things right. that were uh, kind of the staple of the you know early to mid two thousands, which was was bad uh, yeah, let, it, let, let us to <laughs> kinda, kinda, us. you know tank the economy for you know a little bit yeah no big deal not a problem you know everybody gets a house um not good so uh, you know those simply those 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 quote-unquote you know mortgage products uh don't exist anymore and so uh you know we also had to become as professional agents much more uh, aware of the, the kind of the financing aspect of things, mm -hmm. pitfalls, and ensuring that we are delivering our clients uh, the best service possible by working with very high quality mortgage people. Got it. Yeah. Um, it, it's a uh so it's a world I know very little about, mm -hmm. right? Even uh, I haven't been a consumer yet. Someday I'll figure that out. But uh, um, it seems like there's from from an agent perspective, for anybody that's coordinating in the middle, coordinating the deal, uh, it seems like you're you're coordinating a lot of things or managing a lot of things coming down multiple. A lot of variables. Yeah. And and the variables, managing the variables, it's kind of like that, you know analogy to looking like a duck, nice and calm on the surface, but paddling like heck underneath. And, uh, and and really, it, it is a, a matter of multiple uh, vendors. Uh, you have, uh, in some instances, title. You have insurance people. You have the mortgage people. You have the appraiser. You have the home inspection. Uh, all these things that, you know, kind of intertwine. And then the lawyers are involved, uh, which is a good thing. Always hire a lawyer. The... Um, uh, the the kind of intertwining of these vendors throughout a transaction, uh, the email chains, the communication that has to go back and forth, the documents that have to go back and forth, all of that is, uh, again, another reason why people choose to uh, hire an agent is because I, I, as a homeowner, I cannot even begin to imagine doing it, even with my 
knowledge uh, on my own. I would I would hire an agent to sell my house. In really? fact, I probably will hire an agent to sell my house because it's not probably a good idea for me to sell my own home uh, due to my emotional connection and probably the stress that would come along with it. I will probably have one of our agents in uh, our office handle it and just pay them because it's just not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the emotional t- attachment and, you know, you're having a horse in the race. Changes oh, the very game. much so. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, that's one of the reasons why it has to be disclosed if you have a uh, equitable interest in a property and you're an agent. Uh, it's because of people having, a, you know, obviously it's it's uh, due to, you know, financial um, transparency and the laws associated with that. But also at the same time, there almost always is an emotional uh, attachment to a property. It's it's your home. It's a, right. big, it's a big deal. You right. know, this right. is something that, uh, you know, I've watched my, you know, children grow up in and uh, put a lot of blood, sweat and tears, uh, more blood, sweat and tears probably than I should have. <laughs> but, um, you know, you have to separate from that when you're going to sell a home. It's now a commodity. It's now a house. It's now a structure that is something with a dollar value attached to it and needs to be marketed it marketed as effectively as possible as opposed to with without the you know having the distance of the emotional absolutely yeah Yeah. and a lot of people do get emotionally wrapped up in these things and and, you know that's part of our job is to play uh sort of a mental health counselor to the clients and help them separate and help them maintain uh, rationality because if you feel and some people rightly do in some situations that you're kind of getting the short end of the stick and it's your home. Yeah. That's, you know, that doesn't sit well. And it, it might, yeah, it has maybe a different value to you than it might on the market. Yeah. yeah. That's why I stopped giving people personalized corkscrews as a uh, closing gift. Didn't want them to associate the feeling of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting, though, that, that type of... Uh, the type of transparency, right? Having to disclose if you have a financial interest in the transaction, um, is is something that's been, uh, you know, mostly in Washington, I think, but uh, uh, been a topic as far as financial advising, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of extending that same sort of principle to other industries is sort of a thing, especially there right now. Oh yes. Um, and and so uh, one wonders why we wouldn't extend that mm-hmm. same transparency, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So cool. That that was. Uh, I I know far more about the business than I ever did. I'm happy to fill you in. <laughs> it's uh, sometimes it can be a bit dry, but uh, we try and make it as entertaining and uh, interesting as possible, while protecting people. So let's take a break and let's come back and make fun of my favorite thing at the moment to make fun of, the current uh, Democratic primary for oh, for absolutely. Uh, th- this is uni- uh, this week in Worcester. Re- .com radio on Unity Radio 102.9 FM. Unity Radio 102.9 FM here with Alan Greenman to talk. Uh, we thought we'd talk a little politics, and rather than be overtly political, we, we thought... Uh, we'll pick apart everybody. Yeah, yeah, we'll make fun of everybody. Uh, I, I more so wanted to talk about the hilarious process that the Democrats are going through right now. Oh, God, um, yes. The coverage on MSNBC was was wonderfully horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, when they couldn't get their mics together, it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the whole thing thus far, and, and outside of the candidates, has been a train wreck. It's a complete Charlie Fox trot, as people in the military would know what that means. Um, having the idea of having 22, I believe, is the number. Uh, potential candidates. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, uh, which I usually am, but when I was a kid, I remember like 84, 88, 92, 96, it was like uh, a handful of people. Right. Yeah, you know, and people ran for Congress, Senate, whatever. Uh, instead, as opposed to... Everybody this, on earth declared to run, be run for president. What's, what's the threshold? <laughs> what is the threshold? I mean... You know, I was a one-term mayor. Okay, great. You know, I mean, I you know, there's there's people who's uh, you know they have they have some you know equitable uh, things to say, some good values, some good ideals, and all of that. But 
is the life experience necessarily there? Uh, is the uh, the the time in government or the whatever is that where we are? And um, I personally, I don't know. I think the the, the, the entry point is what thirty five years old. Yes. Yeah. And JFK was forty two. He's still the youngest um, to be elected. I'm thirty eight. I don't have the life experience to become well i mean i'm grossly unqualified in every other facet as well <laughs> to even be like mayor of worcester you know go joe petty but you know the uh to be president at 38 years old there's no life experience i mean maybe i would have had more when people lived to be 50 and i you know half my life would be over but um i mean it might be anyway but the uh the whole idea of maybe having somebody who's kind of in the middle of the age range, late 40s, early 50s, you know. I mean, you and I are both fans of a particular candidate who's, you know, old as dirt. Uh, yes. But at the same time, you, you worry. I mean, the, the stresses of the office, the, the idea that, you know, I mean, people go in there and they come out just looking like crap. And That's uh, true. I mean, the, the last saying? president, what do you age, 25 years in, in easily, eight years? Easily, you know? easily. You know, it's like when, when Morgan Spurlock did his, you know, uh, Super Size Me movie. I mean, he still hasn't recovered. And, uh, I mean, the man pickled his liver for, you know, a documentary. Right. Um, but at the same time, you have uh, these candidates. It's an incredibly taxing job. And uh, I would worry about a septogenarian latter septogenarian just popping in there and you know dealing with that maybe somebody who's maybe in their 40s or 50s um i think that's from from an experience standpoint i mean you can say that uh you know obama was a what a one-term state i know yeah what a one-off i mean um, he was a one well, he was a one-term state senator yeah went to senate for a term mm -hmm. ran one and um you know, we don't have to go down the wormhole of the no, current president, but, but ridiculously you know. brilliant at the same time too. Uh, but yeah, I, and there were some there were some serious pitfalls to President Obama's presidency. Oh, uh, there were sure. some you know massive problems, and uh, and that's not to say that there's not massive problems with every presidency. Nobody's perfect. This whole idea of a presidency is kind of weird popularity contest anyway. Right. Uh, right. But, you know, at the same time, you don't necessarily need, you know, 20 some odd people running for president in order to find three or four viable candidates. Um, so who's who's um, who's your favorite worst candidate? As I, I have a couple of picks. You know, it's it's one of those things where um, they're they're probably so far off the scope that the picking like one personal you know uh, goofball is uh, probably I think difficult like I, I don't have anybody who honestly comes to mind I mean oh I got two yeah <laughs> I got two so um, John Delaney who's been running for president he's now been running for two years he still doesn't pull anything oh yeah yeah no. uh, he went and got booed at the California convention um, and I don't know if I, I don't know what if he's raised any money. Uh, I can't imagine he has. No. But he was like the first the first person to to say that he was you know officially running for president. Mm -hmm. And he's never budged off of like one percent. No. Um. And he really tried to assert himself in 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 the debate. And every time I felt it was eye roll worthy at least. Mm-hmm. Um. But my ultimate favorite candidate who has no chance is Mike Gravel from Alaska who did not make the debates. He ran. Um, in 2008, I believe, uh, and he was a fringe candidate then, but he, very anti-interventionist, mm -hmm. you know, very liberal, um, a bit crazy. Uh, I follow him on Twitter, and it's absolutely hilarious. And of course, it's not him doing. It. I think he's 92 years old or something mm -hmm. like this. But he's, uh, I mean, he was, uh, you know, he was he was into getting in slugfest when he was in Congress. Yes. Um, but. Uh, you know, just reading, because you can't hear from him anywhere because nobody covers him, but uh, just reading some of the stuff that he's written, you know, he's basically, uh, at this point, running on a single issue of non-intervention. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But he's, you know, also has nothing to lose, so just willing to say crazy things. Oh, yeah. It's Yeah, yeah it's wonderful. I mean, they're, they're, I, 
It's interesting. The um, I do believe that there is actually, you know, I'm going to kind of counter myself here and say that there is some importance, I guess, to having uh, a contested primary because you can kind of force the people who are going to be going into the primary to actually... I don't know, behave themselves and, you know, work towards the mandate of the people as opposed to what else they might be doing. But there are people I've never even heard of, like Steve Bullock and... Uh, oh, he's not even on, on, on... I have no idea who that no, is. No, Michael Bennett, um, John Hickenlooper. John Hickenlooper. Um, he was in the debate. He's um, uh, governor of um, Colorado. Yes. Yeah. The you know what's also funny is the the fellow running for governor of Mississippi Bob Foster who has been in the news lately for invoking the the Billy Graham rule, uh, which I find personally amusing because the idea that you know this guy who by the way looks like a total bro, uh, <laughs> he just really does. It looks like he's half asleep all the time. Uh, like that guy from California who got caught embezzling money. Um, <laughs> oh, what was his name? I forget his name, yeah. but he like his, he totally threw his wife under the bus, and yeah. you know, oh, it's brutal. But um, yeah, Bob Foster is a state rep, and he's running for governor in Mississippi, and he uh, denied access recently to a female reporter so as not to insinuate in a, a potential affair or offend the sensibilities of his wife, and it's just such a grand grandstanding kind of uh, full of yourself idea that I am so hot that a woman reporter cannot come into the same room as me and keep her hands off me <laughs> I, it, you know I, what is going on in general like you know I'm, I'm not one to um, you know I believe things differently than other people as we mm -hmm, all do mm -hmm. but um, what's going on in Alabama stand and Mississippi stand oh I don't my know. god yeah I don't I, know it's it's a different planet forcing I mean, people to have children I mean we, we make fun of uh, I mean that but mm -hmm. but I mean just culturally and like I mean we make fun of Florida a lot and you know oh yeah some, you know, yeah, the, the, some the, pretty the, goofy stuff the, yeah. the new trick of uh, you know what, what is it um, um, Google your first name and, and today today yeah. in Florida and, and today in Florida and it's always something funny, awesome yeah yeah absolutely um, you know we make fun fun of Florida a lot and, and Florida is you know mm -hmm. especially some places would be a different than here and yeah. so it's you know I mean we're up in the rarefied atmosphere of Massachusetts right but uh, <laughs> just uh, some of the things that go on in Alabama and Mississippi I just don't I just I I really in terms of a kind of a national cohesion I've always kind of wondered about that because I've been to more states in this country than not. I've, I've seen most of the country and interacted with, you know, quite a few people uh, from around the country, obviously, mostly fighting on Facebook. And the, uh, <laughs> you know... I resemble that so, remark. So, absolutely. And so the thing is, is that uh, the, the, the things that are necessary for somebody from Iowa or Colorado, Montana, Utah versus Mississippi or Alabama or Kentucky or Tennessee versus Massachusetts or New York or New Hampshire, vastly different. And consequently, uh, you know, a workable representative democracy for a nation of our size is very difficult. And then the ideals and the needs of these greatly disparate, you know, states is, uh, it's very interesting. It's very interesting to see how these things work and what people want and kind of how to achieve a collective good uh, politically is is done. I mean, I bow, tip my hat to the people who are able to uh, to do that at a national level and achieve any kind of um, cohesion there because there isn't any at no. a baseline. No, none. No. I mean, you know, and and I guess you could continue that, but. Uh, you know, sometimes some weird stuff has happened. I, I think, though, I was going to say some weird stuff happens in Georgia, but, you know, when you get into Atlanta, you probably get a culture or a, a, at least some, you know, political ideas that are a little more online. Mm -hmm. 
you know, in Texas it's so huge that Dallas and Houston and you know that's, yes. that's their major there. metro areas. You, know, you take New York. New York's the same way. Right. You get Manhattan and then you have Orange County. And right. It's Upstate's two a little different. Completely different places. Right. Yeah. Right. But it seems like um, you know the the furthest away from um, you know a city or uh, the first furthest into rural America you can get in Texas. That is, I mean, just is is Mississippi and Alabama mm-hmm, state. Mm-hmm. It's um and and I mean I'm sure they see, feel the same way. Oh yes. But uh I just I would what, what, what are we doing? Yeah, it's very interesting. It absolutely. Um so we will uh we'll take a quick break and we'll we'll come back and wrap this show up. I appreciate you uh bailing me out of hosting the show. Oh, thank own. you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, this week in Worcester.com radio on UD radio 102.9 FM. Back to thisweekinwister.com on Unity Radio 102.9 FM, and that was impressive. Uh, uh, just watched Alan take a call in the commercial break. Ended about four seconds before we came back on the oh, air. Oh, absolutely! It was, was brilliant. Like, I gotta go by. <laughs> <laughs> like guff phone. <laughs> um, just to, to, to we'll, we'll move back locally here in a second, but just to wrap up on on um, election stuff, uh, I did take some pleasure out of seeing. Uh, um, the the mayor from South Bend, Mayor Pete. I can't pronounce his last name. Still, Buddha Judge. Yeah, yeah, it's not happening. B- Buddha Judge. Buddha Judge. Yeah, it's it. not getting elected. No, 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 no. Can't pronounce his last name, and no. <laughs> well, despite that, um, I I was I actually was was excited to see that uh you know he released a big giant fundraiser number, twenty five million bucks. Yeah, which is a big number. That is a big number. Um. You know, a, a number of individual donors that was disgraceful, uh, but that it didn't really do anything for him. No. I mean, he's pulling a 5%. Yeah. Um, you know, and that the horse race is only, is it, it seems, um, you know, money is important, but mm-hmm. it's not the final arbiter, which I feel like it's been for a long time. Um, I, that was encouraging to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The... I a lot of this is 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 very media driven. It almost seems in some way that um, the candidates get picked. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, what's her what's her name? Candy Carlson? No, that's our person. Uh, can you talking about Marianne Williamson? No, no, no. Okay. Um, I'm talking about uh, Candy, the journalist for CNN, who oh, okay. was a political correspondent. Yep, yep. And she made a point of when, um, oh God, what was the guy from New Hampshire who who had the scream, the, the you know the roar? Oh, and uh, then we're going to Utah, and then we're going yeah. to Utah. You know, what was his he name? was a fringe candidate. Now he's the most establishment person there ever oh, was. Oh God, yes, yeah. Um, what is his name? Ren um, um, Howard Dean. Howard, yeah, angry, angry Howie. Um, but they just took that that one snippet, and it was six over. second sound bite, and just lasted it and then that was the end of his campaign poof gone yeah. i mean he didn't have that much traction anyway but he had enough well that, so that was a victory speech he gave it was that, uh, state he was i forget where it was it wasn't our i don't no, think. it was new hampshire primaries yeah it was yeah and, and uh, i mean he was moving but yeah i mean it wasn't you know he was trying to capitalize and that was the end shot of that himself, oh, yeah. shot himself in the foot oh man and then became um uh you know some would say the the architect of how the last Democratic primary went. Oh yes. Behind, behind the, closed doors. Would be the the wonderful, glorious uh, representative from Florida. Yes. Who's my least favorite person on earth? Mm-hmm. Or close to it. Um, yeah, I'm also surprised that that uh, you know Cory Booker's star was rising. I mean, he was a mayor not that long ago. Yep. Um, went to Senate, and um, I'm I thought I I you mean know, I didn't think he was going to win. Uh, but I thought he would do better than he is, and I mean, he's struggling to make the next debate. He he is, and he had a a big push. He had a lot of. He was a media darling. People were clamoring for interviews with him. He was on the cover of everything, and then gone. And it's a very much a love it or leave it type of uh, type of coverage. Uh, in these campaigns, they there's a few people who keep that national momentum going, and the wind where the wind takes you is largely has I think in this uh, in this time very little to do with 
how well you're stumping across the nation or how well you're resonating with the, the general electorate. It has a lot to do with coverage and whether or not you get that coverage. Yeah. And if you don't, uh, bye bye. Well, I mean, at the same, I, I think that, uh, and I'm, I've been open before. I, you know, I have a horse in the race. Uh, I have a bias when we talk about the dear senator from uh, from Vermont. But mm-hmm. I think I think I think it's fair to say you changed the game. Oh yes. Last cycle. I oh mean, yeah, absolutely. They didn't cover him, and it didn't matter. No. Yeah. And they yeah. still don't. I, you know, there was a. They're still very. Yeah, it's still very uh, slanted. Um, Politico had a headline last week. It was, Joe Biden still leads leads, uh, um, Kamala uh, Harris and and uh, uh, our own senator. I'm going to boot her name, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. It was uh, you know, so the headline was. Um, Biden leads, mm-hmm. Harris and Warren tie for third. Like yeah. they, they're still avoiding they saying, didn't even, even saying his name. his name. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It was it, yeah. <laughs> like he's polling at 23% in some yeah. polls. You know, oh, yeah. polls will vary. Yeah. Um, and so, and I, I do enjoy watching the media not know what to do with him. Exactly. They, they have no idea what to do with him. The MSNBC actually had him on the other night. Yes. For the whole for like two segments or three oh, segments. Yeah. He's the thing. So first of all, I would I just want to mention that um. Joe Biden gives great hugs, and uh, <laughs> the um, uh, speaking from experience. And the uh, the thing about Bernie is that Bernie is one of those rare animals where he can go in and sit down with somebody who is universally opposed to pretty much his existence, and after about 20, 30 minutes find a common ground yeah. and, and actually engage them in such a manner that they, they there's a breakthrough there's you know maybe he, maybe they 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 you know their vote isn't going to change maybe their uh, you know whatever ideology or bias or you know whatever isn't going to change but at the same time, they're no longer like, wow, this guy has no clue. He, you know, is uh, hates America and um, yeah, he's a communist. You know, and he's and a communist, yeah. awful, awful, you know, person. And that disappears. I've watched it happen numerous times. Yeah. And it's it's fascinating. I specifically remember after the last election, he did a town after the election. Mm-hmm. He did a town hall in West Virginia. You could you could watch you could watch oh, people absolutely. flip. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You could watch them yeah. flip people. You're flipping coal miners. Yeah. And it was. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a really, if you're, uh, you know, at all a politically inclined or savvy person, it's fascinating to watch, to see somebody be able to do that. Because the last person that was really good at doing that was Bill Clinton. You know, mm. Barack Obama couldn't do it. No. Um, John McCain could do it 20 years ago, um, 30 years ago. But... Um, uh, you know, nobody outside of Bill, and he's better at it than Bill. You know, and I, I met Bill, and Bill's whole thing was one of the cool things about him was when you met him, he you immediately became his universe. Like that's how you felt, and like that in that moment, uh, he gave great hugs too. And um, you know, the um, but you immediately became the the center of his universe, and you felt like it. Hillary met her. Mm-mm. Did not have that feeling. No warm and fuzzies out of Hillary. No, no. Um, I don't. I, th- I think that's <laughs> <laughs> understatement. Yeah. But um. But at the same time, you know, uh, Bernie's ability to now, that, albeit now, there's no warm and fuzzies coming out of Bernie either. I mean, you know, he's pissed off, and it is what it is. Yeah. I, I love uh, Larry David playing him on TV. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so it's perfect. You know, <laughs> like go to BernieSanders.com. It's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I you know, um, you know, policy stuff. I mm-hmm, I agree with mm-hmm. him. You know, that can be a whole different discussion. Oh yeah. But I do like that the you know the 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 crazy unkept guy who's a bit angry. Oh yeah. Um, who hasn't changed? You know, he's been saying the same things for thirty years. Absolutely. I mean, you know, he is who he is. Oh yeah. And love him, yeah. hate him. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's actually like somebody who at least believes he's speaking truth out there. Yes. And that it's working. Yes. Is, you know, a bit romanticizing. The, the, it is. It, 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 the whole issue of, I, I, I hate this term, um, but it's something that has entered kind of the, you know, the political, you know, spectrum in the last 10, 15 years of, you know, quote unquote flip-flopping. You know, people love to throw that at John Kerry back in the day and they've, you know, they've used it 
overused it. It's like a forced meme almost. Um, yeah. Ever since, there's zero flip-flopping with him. It's no, it, this it, is my platform. This has been my platform. This will continue to be my platform, and uh, that's that. Yeah. And and I was saying this 20 years ago. Yeah. And if you look back then yeah. to now, I'm just oh, become yeah. more right. It's kind of where he is. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, the only thing that is, has changed is. Uh, the wrinkles in the hair, you know. The hair has got crazy. Oh yes. It's always a little crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah, they um there was some stuff that that came out and it was like it was like the, the media that was releasing it was trying to play it as this is a big deal. Uh, his old public access stuff. Mhm. Same guy. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so uh you know again, on policy, I'd like I'd like to think that uh um my my attraction to the man is based on policy. I'm I'm actually excited about. I don't agree with her on just about on on everything. I you know she would be an okay second choice. I don't think she can win. But Elizabeth Warren, I like that she has gained traction mm-hmm. by being policy oriented. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. that you know like real actual consumer protection and 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 you know fighting for people who whether it's in their best interest or not, uh, or whether they understand whether it's in their best interest or not have a uh she has a real you know uh horse in the race with regard to you know the everyday average working american right yeah. right yeah and, and but i mean that it's paul it's not rhetoric no i mean it's Absolutely. here's my written policy here's what she policy. has done yeah. and yeah. Uh, oh yeah for sure you, you know, know i mean i i have a plan for that is corny but i mean you need a marketing phrase oh yes but i mean but she's not kidding i mean Mm-mm. you know in two days she's got a written plan oh, well yeah. you might not like it no yeah but i mean here is here is a prescription to fix mm-hmm. that problem yeah um those that we're seeing more of that and less of pure marketing driven yes you know is yeah. is encouraging to the process for and, me. and and I will say that the deliciousness that was veeps last season and, and the entirety of the show is well, only going to uh, become more resonant as this goes on I mean I don't think people are ready for or maybe they are maybe people are you know fully embracing the just absolute mania that is going to unleash itself upon this country as we head towards a 2020 election. It's oh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be a mess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting. I um there's going to be some good SNL. There is. There is. There's going to be some good comedy. Yeah. If um if it does turn out and you know, I don't know that it will, but if it does turn out to be Bernie and and Trump, the Donald yeah, I mean the comedy that is going to be there. Oh, it'll be incredible. The debates will be amazing. Yes, and then the parodies of the debates will be even, oh, absolutely. even more amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Larry David will have a uh, a full slate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did more election than I wanted to, but it was fun. Oh yeah. Um, so we are going to wrap up here in a moment, but I wanted to thank you for coming by and teaching my us pleasure. a little bit, a little bit of stuff about real estate. Oh, thank you. And uh, making fun of politicians is oh, yeah. always going to be my favorite. Absolutely. Thing to do. I am an equal opportunity offender in that regard. <laughs> so thank you very much, Alan. Uh, this is uh, This Week in Worcester.com Radio, Unity Radio 102.9 FM, Worcester's Community Connection.